0: What's going on, Substackers? It's your boy. It's Corey Ryan Forster. Good to talk to you. Before I get started, I have several things that I want to talk about in this here uh, backyard rant. I made it back home. We're here. I'm I'm currently walking right beside a little bunny rabbit. Hey, little buddy, how you doing? Uh, But before I say any of that, and please understand that I am not paid to say this. Um, It's just true, and I need to say it. Jason Isbell just put out a new album, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. His absolutely spectacular, phenomenal band. They just put out a new album called Weather Veins. And I heard like four of the songs like last week because they put out a couple samples. Um, but I think the full thing released like perfect timing when I was at the beach. And so while we were at the beach, I like here's the deal. M- me and my wife both rock with Jason Isbell. And the people around us, it's not they. It's not that they dislike Jason Isbell, they certainly like him, but they like their beach music to be more like, I mean, you know, the type of country that if you like Jason Isbell, you probably dislike that type of country. And um, the thing is, it, I can tell that I've grown up, and I'm real proud of myself for this, because there was a time when if I was having to be subjected to that new style of like, pop country, Florida Georgia Line type stuff, I would honestly have put in my headphones and ignored everybody. But I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, dude, the fellowship is the main thing. Who cares? And that, by the way, if you're a big Florida Georgia Line fan, that's not to disparage you. It's just not for me. I'm certain that those dudes are very talented in the genre that they do. It's just that that's not my genre, And I'm really, really trying very hard to say those words out loud instead of, oh, this is crap. Uh, And I say that because that was actually a lesson that I learned from my dad, uh, speaking of Father's Day tomorrow. It'll be my first Father's Day. But a lesson I learned from my dad is my dad was actually really, really good at when new music would come out, like like rap was becoming a big thing when I was a kid. I never heard my dad be like, oh, this is all crap. This is garbage. Dad would always just be like, yeah, it's not for me. But then he would like, he understood when someone was good at it. Do you know what I mean? Like my dad would never willingly listen to Bone thugs and harmony and Eminem, but I've heard him compliment them and be like, this is not my favorite type of music. I really don't even like care for this, but I'm telling, I know that this is good. Like I know that this is, this is good. And I always respected that about my dad. And I think that that is like something that when you're definitely when you're in your mid 20s, early 30s, like I was, you become cynical about everything. And it's always, I hate this, I hate that, and I hate this. And like, that just ain't no way to live your life. So I've been trying to get more um, fond of the phrase, ain't for me, but I hope you enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just probably a healthier way to live your life. But I was talking about Jason Isbell. Um, So I only got to listen to a couple songs in the shower while we were at the beach right? And I, of course, loved him, And I'm probably, I heard every single song. It was just like one at a time, scattered out. Whenever people that I love, and Jason Isbell is a person that I love, um, he, me and my wife got engaged backstage at one of his shows. He is a great guy. He is gracious with his time. Um, Love him. I mean, I could, I'll tell the story later. I don't have enough time of how how much his album Something More Than Free meant to me because it came out the week that my then-nothing, not-even-girlfriend, current wife came to visit me in New York and we split headphones. This is like before earbuds were insanely popular. We split headphones and listened to that album on the train. But he's a person that when, when him and his great band, one of the tightest bands out there, when they put out an album, I don't want to just hear a couple songs. I want to sit with it. You know what I mean? There are certain artists that are like that. Like, I'm not like that with all rap. But if J. Cole puts out an album, I want to sit with the album. And usually, I don't even want to hear any of the songs until I can dedicate an afternoon to just listening to it once and then listening to it again, you know? Because the first time is just, oh, word, okay, cool. And the second time is, oh, shit, I didn't catch that lyric the first time. So on our way back today with my wife reading what I call her Dirty Girl books. (laughs) Y'all know the books. My wife loves either vampire books or books where there is a whole lot of shim, sham, blam, wham, thank you, ma'am. She loves Dirty Girl books. She's not shy telling you. So she's doing that. Her mom's in the back reading, and I was able to just sit with the Isbel album. Now, granted, my wife listened to it with me. She was present, but I, I don't know that she was like really vibing as much as me but that's just what she wanted to read and y'all not that my endorsement means anything but weather Vanes is truly awesome like even not being a cynic anymore as i try not to be i think when someone is as great as jason isbel and consistently puts out great album after great album after great album there is sort of like this maybe subconscious thing in your head of like I mean, look, and it's through no fault of his own. It's just that eventually you're going to miss, you know. Everybody does, and he just hasn't, and I don't think he ever will. This album is great. Um, There's some at classic Isbel style. There's some, you know, uh, feel-good songs on it, but then there's also a lot that will absolutely slap the taste out of your mouth, and that was volunteer for me. I'm not going to give anything away, but... um, I I think you should listen to the album in order, but when you get to volunteer, not that you wouldn't be paying uh, insane attention, pay insane attention to that song. And by the way, I assume everybody here knows who I'm talking about when I say Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, but if you don't, uh, this is, you know, at least my endorsement, regardless of what that means, that it is a slap banger twanger jam. It's great. I love it. And I think it should be noted that one of the things about Jason Isbell that inspires me all the time is the fact and 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 because this bucks the narrative of rock and roll it's that he's been sober for i think going on 10 years now like southeastern was his first album after he'd gotten completely sober and it was what some consider his masterpiece i'm definitely not going to argue with that something more than free maybe means a little bit more to me because of relationships and what, but like, I'm never going to argue with anybody that Southeastern's is a masterpiece. I think they're all fucking <laughs> a masterpiece, you know, but he has, I think there was the narrative that like, oh, artists, I know this is the narrative. Artists need to be troubled. Artists need to be either drunk or strung out or depressed or whatever. And I think there was a lot of people that when Isabel got sober, they thought, well, we'll see how this goes. And what's fucked up is, and I know this for a fact because I heard some people saying it, and um, I used to be quiet about it, but now I'm pretty vocal when I hear this shit. They'll be like, man, I'll tell you what, I, I not just Isabel, but other people, they're like, I kind of, you know, don't you kind of hope they relapse so that they'll go back to their old shit? No, I absolutely do not. <laughs> no, I absolutely do not. That's an insane thing to wish. And maybe it's just because I know Jason personally, but like, that's a cra- I think maybe people don't consider these people human beings, you know? But like, the thing is, is, that Jason Isbell, in my opinion, has arguably gotten better. And that is so inspiring. And he's a huge reason why I no longer feel the need to get so fucked up anymore. You know, um, I can't compare both of our struggles with addiction completely apples to apples because... I still do drink on occasion, but as you know, um, you know, so, at, like I'm not a full bore alcohol. He had a, he, I think Isbel was the type and I may be speaking out of turn, but I've heard him talk about it. Like he was the type who was like, I'm not just having a couple beers. If I'm drinking, it's a bender, you know, and I'm not like that. Um, now granted when I do drink, even if I drink a small amount, it affects my mental health so much that frankly, Almost every time I don't see why I do it and it doesn't seem worth it. I just can't for some reason ever completely go see you later, alcohol forever. I don't know why I've not been able to make that step. Again, I, it's not some sort of chemical dependency because I'll go four months without a drink and be fine. And then just every now and, you know on the golf course have two or three. But my point is, is that I used to buy into all that shit. And I probably talked about it on here. I used to buy into all that shit about, like, we're supposed to, like, as an artist, we're it's so funny to call myself an artist in the same sentence as Isabel, because obviously we're comedy and songwriting are two completely different things. That guy is a true artist. I think I just get to technically call myself an artist because it just happens to be, it's just that way. Like, comedy is an art form, you know? Um, I make fart jokes, I try to be entertaining. What that guy does moves people. I don't think I've ever once moved a person. And for the record, I ain't ever tried to, neither. So <laughs> that's, that's whatever. Maybe in some of the things I've written for Substack, I'll say, oh, I'm trying to evoke this emotion or that emotion or whatever. But anyways, my point is, I think that, like, what a great role model, not just for kids, but for adults, and especially adults who are in a creative field, to be able to look at someone and go right there proof positive that it's not the alcohol and drugs that make you creative. You are creative. Do and and you cannot now you cannot deny that there's been some great art made under the influence of drugs or alcohol. But we also have zero way of knowing if it wouldn't have been just as good were they completely sober. I mean, I don't know how much he's telling the truth, because this has always sounded insane to me, but per him, Roger Waters, he was not in any way fucked up when he did Dark Side of the Moon. That's what he says. I know that's hard for all of us to believe, but he was like, I just don't see how you could do that if you were on drugs. And all of us are listening to it, you know, backwards, try watching the goddamn Wizard of Oz going, I don't see how you could not be on drugs. But it, it's, it took me a long, long time. It took me a long, long time before I came to terms with the fact that, no, Corey, you are creative and you are funny and you are, if only in this field, smart, you know, um, there's different types of smart and thank God for that because I'm not the normal type of smart, but I do, I do, I will pat myself on the back. I do think that in my field, I'm a smart, I know what I'm doing, you know? Um, you got to always, and, 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 being smart in this field to me is also acknowledging that, uh, if you ever stop learning, you're dead, you know, uh, cause dude, I mean, I remember when, like when, when we first started the well-read comedy tour, this was seven years ago. And I 100% was like, at the time was like, I'm firing on all cylinders. I can't possibly be a better comedian than I am right now. Dude, I look back at that shit now, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Or like, oh, you should have done this, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I remember five years into the tour, I was like, yeah, you know, but now I got it. Now I'm looking back on stuff that I did two years ago, one year ago, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, in anything, you should have gotten better in a year. So you're going to look back at your old shit and be like, ugh, what was I thinking? But no longer do I feel like, in order for me to get any of that shit done... I need to be torqued out of my mind. Now, there are a lot of people, (laughs) and uh, I've got relatively thick skin to a degree. I have very thin skin sometimes, but in certain degrees, you have to have, like even if I appear to have thin skin, I assure you that I've got thicker skin than you'd think just because of the sheer amount of bullshit that I've heard about myself. But like I have actually heard some people Talk about how yeah I was funnier back when I used to drink all the time. And um, maybe. <laughs> I don't buy it, though. Maybe there were certain things I would do drunk that I won't do now, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't buy it. And I attribute sort of that realization of, hey, man, you're creative. The booze and the alcohol didn't write that joke. You did. I attribute a lot of that to Jason Isbell. And, um, just watching how great his career has gone post sobriety, uh, or post getting sober. He's, he's still, he's still sober. I don't mean to say that he's not sober anymore. So yeah, I wanted to say that. And I wanted to say, because of that, please go out of your way to listen to Weather Vanes and sit with it for a while. Sorry, that was a very long endorsement for an album. Um, but it was important for me to say that. Dude is awesome. We just got back from Florida. We were there for seven days. Uh, We were in Santa Rosa. Very sweet part. I uh, caught a lot. I I won't say caught a lot of heat, but I was posting vacation pictures, which is not something that I ever normally used to do a shit ton until we had the kid. Um, Like, you know, like if I'm on the road, I'd be sharing pictures of spots I'm at because it's just like it's promo for the tour. Like, oh, my God, you're in New England. Holy shit. And I'm like, boom. Yes. Come see us at the Wilbur. You know, there's a, a method to that madness. But uh used to, when me and my wife were on vacation for seven days at the beach, I'd just lay my fat ass there and didn't even touch my phone most of the time. But because of the kid taking us some pictures and doing some videos and reporting to the world, and I got so many people, And this, and and by the way, if you're one of these people, please know that I'm not attempting to shit on you right now. I'm just saying I don't think people think about things when they comment them. I got so many people that commented some version of, vacation in florida question mark question mark how is it a vacation to be in desantis land or or because they know exactly where I'm from they're like i don't really consider it much of a relaxing vacation to go from marjorie taylor greene's district to florida boo desantis how can you stand it there guys <laughs> fuck ron desantis i hate the sum bitch but like Are you Think about who you're telling this to. How could you enjoy yourself in Florida? I don't know, because I'm a white man and nothing bad happens to me, you know? And and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek to be like, it ought not be that way, but it is. And, like, the second thing is, bro, we were at the beach for seven days. I didn't have to go to a town hall meeting. (laughs) You know what I mean? I didn't have to attend any seminar on critical race theory or go uh, watch a library get told that all their books were being banned. Like, none of that happened. So, like it was the same as being anywhere there was just a beach you know what i'm saying like dude i hear you if i and i would say but then you know i would say like oh yeah but having to live there would be one thing i mean it would be i totally hear you and and again for most human beings this is true i i just need to acknowledge this is part of my privilege and i would like to acknowledge it so that people understand just how fucking privileged it is to be a white man that you know, makes a good living, like living in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district doesn't bother me. I mean, okay, it bothers me. It sucks driving down the road and seeing so many Trump flags. Yes, of course that sucks. But here's the deal. I was born here. I'm going to be like Gabby Johnson from Blazing Saddle. I was born here and I was raised here and by God, I'm going to die here. That sounds bleak to say, but it's probably true. But I've been here so long in my life that those things I don't even notice them. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not well. I mean, obviously, there weren't Trump signs when I was a kid. But like the simp like all of this shit is is just a symptom of the stuff that I started seeing in the '90s with 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 pills and NAFTA and, and all this shit. You know, and then, my God, dude, y'all have not... Dude, you think this Trump shit's bad? Fucking, y'all weren't been here when Obama was getting uh, elected. You should have tried to see the mental gymnastics that these people were playing in order for them to not have to admit that the reason they didn't like this guy... Not that they weren't going to vote for him, but the reason that they thought he was the devil is because he was black. The absolute mental gymnastics. The one... And this is one argument I heard from a lot of people during that time uh, that they have since completely reneged on. Because I had a lot of buddies who were just like, no, 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 it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he's black or that he's a Democrat. It's just that I believe that a president should have to have served in the armed forces. They need to be a military man. And I'm like, okay, whatever. If you truly believe that, then, you know, there you go. Fast forward. I remember these people voting for Trump, and I came back t- with them to the same thing. And I was like, you know, technically, with Hillary being Secretary of State, that actually kind of counts as service, and Donald Trump actively avoided service. And I believe I remember you saying that the only reason you wouldn't vote for Barack Obama is because he never served in the military. So where the fuck are we at on that now? And, of course, the goalposts were moved again. My point is, is that, dude, yes, all that fucking sucks. And it, it does suck to be a normal person. Who lives in this area that has the opposite beliefs? But I'm not a normal person. And I mean that in both a good and a bad way. I do not leave my fucking house (laughs) unless it's to go to my mom's house or my sister's house, which of course you can ascertain that I love that because I love my family. Or when I leave, it's to go on vacation or to go on the road and work so like i'm not actually having to participate in the community if that makes sense you know what i mean like a normal person totally would like a normal person if they lived in that town they worked in that town they have to talk to all the people of that town i totally totally 100 get how that would suck it's just not the case for me i'm a very lucky guy i work my own hours i'm my own boss Um, and when I do have another boss, let's say on a writing job or something, I mean, we do it over zoom and (laughs) like, I don't know what to tell you, but like me living here is pretty much how I'd be living no matter where I live. So it doesn't matter. And and as I said, like the Trump flags and all that bullshit, I've seen shit like that my whole life where it's kind of like, um, I've used this metaphor before. I don't know if about this, but like, I don't know if y'all know this, but apparently your eyes can always see your nose it's just that it's seen your nose so many times that your brain deletes the image of your nose so you're not walking around just seeing your nose all the time because it's all because it's always there you don't see it you know what i mean and that that's just kind of how it is um but yeah dude i mean fuck of course when i drive down the road and see a trump flag it bothers me but like frankly because i don't really leave my house that much i see more of them on the goddamn internet you know uh, which i'm trying to stay off of a little bit which really blows because that is um that uh, you know sort of hurts my career the whole not being on the internet thing but uh yeah i just wanted to clear that up about like like me being in florida like again we rented a house on the beach and we stayed in the house the whole time unless it was to go out to eat and then when i we went out to eat like every other night and i had oysters and like, uh, yeah, Florida still seems about pretty much the same as it was before DeSantis. I don't know if y'all know what Florida was like before DeSantis. Um, pretty much the same thing. Uh, they just didn't have as bad of a fucking governor. I will tell you this on the political uh, front. While we were down there, because of this new the immigration law that they're trying so hard to convince all the migrants and stuff like oh no no don't worry this law doesn't have teeth stay here and work you know because apparently a a lot of immigrants who were like trying to get their citizenship but then these police have been like asked to like hey we got to check this shit we got to send their ass back they're leaving in droves to go work in another state where they're not as strict on that or they're not as fucking outright hateful because the thing is, I think what people don't understand is like, they go, well, if you're if you're not an, a illegal immigrant, why would you care? Here's why. Because it just means now any Mexican is being looked at shitty. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how when I go, here's how Republicans treat illegal immigrants and legal immigrants. It's like when I'm walking in a park and I see a snake. I run the fuck away from that snake. And then someone will tell me, um, hey, actually that wasn't a poisonous snake. If you'll look right here, you'll notice. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't have to, I'm not sitting there and investigating. If I see a fucking snake, I'm running. Well, that's how they feel about someone with brown skin. They don't stop and ask no fucking questions. They just call the cops. I think there's one down here painting. You know what I mean? I'd be scared as fuck too. So if I was a Mexican person and you commented that on my vacation pics, I'd be like, yeah, actually that's a good call. I don't know why I'm here. But they're leaving in droves and I noticed, man, we were in this like community that um, that was like being developed. And I don't know this for a fact, this is purely speculation, but it seemed like there was a large stall in a lot of the buildings and that I saw a fair amount of white men that I definitely recognized as having the characteristics of being a foreman who otherwise wouldn't be doing shit out there sweating their ass off being like god damn it I ain't got no fucking help (laughs) and uh that's what happens you know snake bit motherfuckers like that's absolutely what happens these goddamn people will will elect senators and congressmen or whatever that's like we got to get the illegals out and they'll say all this shit not realizing oh my god I employ so many illegals and I know I shouldn't be saying illegal. I'm sorry. That's how they that's how they refer to him. I'm that you know that I don't mean that the is it. Un, I don't know the proper way to say it. Well, first off, they're fucking human beings who are trying to get, most all of them trying to get citizenship. And we're trying to make it way too hard on them. But like they they go, holy shit, we were employing these people. And the reason they're employing these fucking people is because they can pay them less than minimum wage because they're paying them in the fucking cash. So, like, out one side of their fucking mouth, they're going, get the fuck out. And the other side of their mouth, they're just like, I mean, hell, why wouldn't I hire them? It's cheap. It's just so fucking infuriating, man. So, yeah, fuck DeSantis, but, you know, I just keep to myself. That's how I deal with all this shit. I just keep to my fucking self. Oh, goddamn, but it was fun. I got got sunburnt like a son of a bitch. I swear to y'all, it don't matter how often I apply how much I apply, I'm always gonna miss at least one square foot of my body. And it is going to get nuked like a 2 a.m. hot dog. And I was in so much pain. So I was doing one day on the beach, one day off the beach, right? And then by the last day, I was so burnt, I was like, well, I wanna go down there. But what I did was, A, I stayed in the shade the whole time. B, I wore a shirt. C, I covered my entire body with zinc oxide aka my baby's butt rub i don't know if y'all know this but pro tip desitin is sunscreen it's just that shit that fucking lifeguards used to put on their nose and i covered all of me with it i looked like an idiot i looked like bald conan o'brien but i didn't give a damn because the muv rays wasn't getting nowhere near me but we had a great time i got to spend a lot of quality time with my son Cause on those days that I was uh, too burnt to go out, I just told my, I begged my wife. I was like, "Hey, just leave him up here with me, and you can hang out on the beach and drink, and you ain't got to worry about, you know, having to deal with the kid." And it's so funny because all of them are like, "Are you sure you don't mind doing that, Corey?" And I'm like, "Guys, I'm not volunteering to be a nice guy. That would hit for me really hard." And so, <laughs> me and the boy uh, sat in the bed and watched. Uh, you know, the US Open when it came on, and we watched Midsummer Murders. I don't know if any of y'all are into Midsummer Murders, but if you're anything like me, you will love it. It is one of those British cozy murder mysteries. Each episode is an hour and 45 minutes long. So it's basically like do you want to watch a movie? But what's great about it is, it's do you want to watch a movie except for every movie it's the same characters that you know and love? It's just a different story. So they don't have to do the fucking origin story shit. They just go straight into the murder, son. And it's amazing. I love that show so very much. John Nettles, uh, I'm not to the season when he left yet. I'm going to be so sad because John Nettles might be my favorite British actor of all time just because of Midsummer Murders. I just adore him. It is like my ultimate comfort show, and it's what's crazy is I know my, my son's turns three months tomorrow, and I know that he ain't really understanding the plot lines and follow. But dude, he's watching that shit like intently, <laughs> like he won't be facing the TV unless I have that shit on, and then he turns over. and For the record, we're way far away from the TV. I don't think the screen's gonna hurt his goddamn eyes. Be yeah, all right, but yeah, man, it was uh, it was really, really, really. Really cool doing that. You know, to all of you out there who are on the fence about having kids, thinking that, like, oh, man, if uh, if I have a kid, I won't have any me time. You don't fucking need it as much as you think. And you can, if you've got a supporting spouse, you can still get it. Now, all you single motherfuckers out there with kids, I respect y'all so much. You have no idea. I already did before. Like, there was no part of me that thought that it would be easy for y'all. But, like... Bro, I don't know how y'all do it because, you know, the reason it's so easy for me to be a dad and I want to spend so much time with him is because, like, I do know that if I need to take, like, an hour break and go for a walk, my wife will just be like, yeah, baby, go do your thing. You know what I mean? And I do the same for her. Like, we we got each other's back in that regard. Like, she didn't flat out tell me, hey, I need to go to the beach and drink by myself. She didn't have to tell me. I knew that it would hit for her. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Ain't like she's inside watching the kid right now while I'm out here fucking talking to y'all. <laughs> it's how it works. It's balance. But for all you single people, I goddamn, man, salute and all that. But anybody that's like on the verge of having a kid and you just don't know, I'm telling you, man, you won't give a fuck. You'll always want to hang out with him. That's at least, man, it's only three months. I know that's probably going to go away, but, oh, what else was there? Right. I wanted to tell y'all about this. When, I was, when we were on our way back from Florida... If you go through Alabama, Jack's is a very, very popular uh, fast food chain. I'm a big fan of Jack's. They are not sponsoring the program today, but I will give them a free shout-out. Very good chicken for a fast food place. Um, really good mashed potatoes and gravy. Really good. And here's here's how you know it's good. I didn't have to put salt on the bitch. All right? I love KFC's mashed potatoes and gravy, but I still got to hit them with a little bit of salt. Not goddamn Jack's, boy. They come mint out the gate. They are amazing. But anyways, we went there. Wife's in the car, changing the kid, blah, blah. I'm going in to get it. It's me and my mother-in-law. And there's this dude in front of us. And like, here's how he's dressed. I thought he was an airline pilot, all right? That's what I thought. I thought he was an airline pilot or someone that worked at a funeral home because he had big, I work at a funeral home energy. You know what I'm saying? Mustache, salt and pepper, sort of slick back, had the wings, you know? And he's up there talking to the... Cashier, cashier about something or another i wasn't really paying attention i was still trying to decide whether i want a chicken or a burger you know i'm focused i got add so when i need to focus i have to focus and i shut everything the fuck out i try to at least so anyways this guy's chitter-chattering and I, finally they get a manager up there and they were like oh yes sir absolutely we can discount that for you blah 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 and I was like, oh, okay, he was is some AARP bullshit or something. You know what I mean? He was wanting a senior discount. He didn't look too old, but, like, that's what he's wanting, whatever. Well, as soon as they clicked to give him the discount, he turns around, like, kind of smiling, looking at me as if I should be impressed with this. And I was just like, "Huh, oh, right on, man, you know, whatever. And, and he looked at me, and he goes, young man. First off, nobody's called me young man in a long goddamn time, especially looking as how haggard as I look coming off the beach. He's like, "Young man, um, have you ever served in the armed forces?" And I said, "Oh, oh, no, sir. I am a, I'm what's known around my area as a big old huge pussy." I didn't say that to him, but I was just like, "No, man, no, not at all, not at all." And he's like, "Why not?" And I was just like, "I just that wasn't my path, man. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just not." I I didn't want to do that. And he's like, well, have you considered it? And I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, I'm already already firmly in what I'm doing in my life. And I swear to God, not as a bit, not as a bit at fucking all. This dude looks at me square in the face and with all sincerity goes, are you sure now? Because just so you know, if you're in armed forces, you can get a discount on this chicken. (laughs) I can't even say it. You get a discount on this chicken. This dude, and then he, then i was just like, oh, word, that's great. <laughs> and then he goes around and starts talking to other people, and I noticed he had a fucking pen on. This dude was an old-ass army recruiter and was trying to get me to sign up at 30 fucking six years old with gout and a bad back. Because he thought, and now I understand him looking at me why he would think this, because he thought there ain't no way that this boy right here is going to turn down 15 fucking percent on a chicken dinner. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've never been, goddamn. I was blown away. I was blown away. Then he comes back around and he's like, out of nowhere, just to my mother-in-law, I'm standing there next to her. He probably thought it was my goddamn wife. And he was like, I look pretty good for 70, don't I? And for the record, if he really is 70, let me tell you something right now. Yes, he did. He looked amazing, all right? But I would like to point something out right now, because if you're from the South, or it's probably everywhere, whenever there's an old woman or an old man in your family or you just know of one, when they reach a certain age, you will hear that line all the time. I don't look so bad for, insert their age here. You know, and clearly we understand why. It's an old person who wants to be made to feel good about themselves. They want somebody to go, oh my God, no, you are not, right? And, you know, it's fucking really on the nose, but like it happens and I get it. My granny did it. I think the first time I ever heard my granny do it was 85 years old. And for the record, I don't make the rules, but I think 85 might be the first year you're allowed to do that. I don't know, it could be 80, but I can tell you one thing that it's not. It ain't fucking 70. (laughs) It ain't 70. Dude, now that I'm getting old, dude, used to 70 seemed old to me. 70 ain't fucking old no more. I mean, granted, what with the steady decline of the goddamn age expectancy, it's maybe older than it used to be, but dude. And again, he looked really good for 70. But I think... Like, dude, there's plenty of... Like, motherfucker, George Clooney's probably close to 70 or some shit. (laughs) I mean, I know he's not, but he's 60. Like, you just... 70, in my opinion, is too young to be um, completely unprovoked going up to people and saying, I don't look too bad for 70, do I? Right? Now, if someone randomly brought up this person's appearance, it would be totally fine for them to say, yeah, I guess I'm doing all right for 70. Of course it would be. Unprovoked to a woman he'd never met after trying to recruit me to the army so I could get a discount on chicken. Are you shitting me? (laughs) Oh, God damn, it cracked me up. Well, I got to go back inside and watch the U.S. Open. Now, I know that y'all... Y'all have made it very, very clear to me, and this is totally fine, different strokes for different folks, pardon the pun, you'll understand in a minute, but y'all made it very clear that most of y'all don't like golf, totally fine, and by the way, I understand, especially from a moral standpoint, it is getting very hard to be a golf fan and also a good person, but I'll tell you this, uh, this is where that classic, uh, the, the line that every single fucking liberal uses whenever they find out that one of the things they like is bad... All of a sudden, they use this phrase. Well, you know, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, (laughs) and I'm pulling that fucking card right now, buddy. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. The U.S. Open is like the national championship of golf, but here's why you should care at least about this story. This is like, I don't expect you to care about golf, but the thing is is that even if you're not a fan of the sport, the narratives can get to you sometimes. There's a feller As I'm speaking in the lead, his name is Ricky Fowler. If you are even a little bit familiar with the sports world at large, even if you're not a golf fan, you know who Ricky Fowler is. Stud from Oklahoma State, came out when he was super young, 10, 15 years ago or whatever, captivated the hearts. He's he's one of those people compared him to Arnold Palmer in the sense that, like, it don't matter how he plays. He's out that day signing autographs for kids. Even if he's in the worst mood ever, he's signing autographs until there ain't no autographs to be signed. And now you think, oh, wow, that's the bare minimum. Most them fucking guys don't do that. He's sort of the people's champ. He came out super hot, and for the past four years, he's been in a drought, a winless drought. He's not competed at several majors, hasn't been able to qualify to get into them. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Ricky Fowler is done. But someone who didn't believe that Ricky Fowler was done was Ricky Fowler because he's bounced back. He has grinded his ass off. And he was talking about how when he lost his swing or how when he just all of a sudden lost his game, he, 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 he couldn't understand it because he was great in high school, he was great in college, and he was immediately great in the pros, and he was like, well, I'll just keep doing that. And all of a sudden it went away from him. And I know this is a more low-stakes thing because, like, hey, he'd already made a shit pot of money and it's only a game. But it's just proof that, like, no matter how – fucking good you are, good you think you are, or how well things are going, the carpet can be pulled under, out from underneath you very quick. And in that moment, you've got two options. Do I quit? Or do I go, let's figure this damn thing out? And Ricky has clearly figured this damn thing out. And I'm only saying that because as someone who... I don't know Ricky's. I don't know Ricky's deal with mental health. I don't. No, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this hundred percent. Even if he's not clinically depressed or any of that stuff, a four year drought when you were at the tippy top, going all the way back to the bottom. I promise you, he probably had to see somebody. That'll fuck with you. And if he and if he deals with any of it on a like biological standpoint, it was really rough. But regardless of all that, I don't. I don't know that. I can't talk about that. All I can say is, it's inspiring. Because so many people, and they'd be well within their right to be like, ah, hey, I was at the top of the world, whatever. I mean, dude, he's he's got such a great personality. He could just go out there and half-ass it and have a podcast and still get endorsement deals from Mizuno. But he's like, no, something is fucking wrong. I don't know how to get back to it. And four years, y'all, in the entertainment slash athletic business, that's a long goddamn time. People start forgetting about you. People start calling you washed up. People start saying you can't ever do it no more. I've never experienced that probably never will just cause I'll never reach the heights that Ricky Fowler did. But kudos to a young man for saying, fuck that I'll put the work in how hard these past four years have been. I do not know, but I know they've, I do know they've been insane. Right. And that's just encouraging, encouraging, just not, not to be cheesy, but like just fucking never give up, man. Never give up. We're all rooting for him this weekend. He's uh, he's he's sitting at the top of the leaderboard. Of course, we've got uh, we've got uh, Xander Shifley climbing up. We got Rory McIlroy, which I wouldn't be upset to see Rory win neither because he's had a nine-year drought in the majors. You know, I love Rory, but I think that ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the golf world is with Ricky Fowler this weekend, and I'm with Ricky, and I just think it's great that he was just like, you know what, fuck this, I'm a champion, and here he is. In golf's hardest test, beating everybody, he 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 tied he tied Xander Schauffele yesterday or two days ago for the lowest round in U.S. Open history at 62. He also has the lowest first two rounds at I believe 130. Uh, he also made the most birdies in the first two rounds of U.S. Open history with 18. He birdied every other goddamn hole. And you know what's crazy? He would then he would he would always do it after a bogey. You bogey at the U.S. Open, and it's like, holy shit, how do you compose yourself? You know how he composes himself? With a birdie. That is difficult, y'all. When you make a bogey, your, your self-confidence takes a hit. And it's hard to sit there and go, you know what? That's not who I am. Let's make a fucking birdie. And he did it 18 times. All right? Let's all be like Ricky Fowler. By God. Love y'all. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you. Bye.